4: What's up, everybody?
1: I'm Gammy.
6: And I'm her husband, Rodney.
1: And this is Positively Gam. As many of you know, we love food, and we're very excited to have today's guest on the show because he owns multiple restaurants and has cracked the code on how to make the perfect cheesesteak. I had to have my husband, Rodney, on today because he also is an entrepreneur. So, hey, babe. Hey, love. How you doing? I'm doing good. Before we get into the episode, I just want to talk a little bit about your own entrepreneurial journey because you've been an entrepreneur since we met years ago and all of your businesses, you're extremely successful right now. So talk to us a little bit about that because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, Sometimes you start something and it it doesn't always work, but that doesn't mean that you have to give up.
6: I've always wanted to own my own business. Like a lot of people don't want that responsibility, but I've always wanted it. Even as a child? I wrote a paper in the third grade and I talked about (laughs) owning a business and going back to the neighborhood and employing people and helping out in third grade. I kind of always had an aspiration to do this. So as I got older, my first little entrepreneurial thing was I was probably 12 years old. I started going to the um, candy factory and buying candy and catching the bus to affluent neighborhoods and selling candy. And I remember it. I still remember my whole hook. (laughs) Hello, my name is Rodney. I'm taking part in a program called Youth Opportunities (laughs) Unlimited. It's a program that helps keep young men like myself off the streets and out of trouble. Would you help out by buying a box of candy or giving a small donation? And, you know, me and a friend of mine, we made a lot of money doing that.
1: Now we're going to go down a different lane because certainly our guest today is on a similar journey, but in a different uh, direction. So let's get into the conversation. Derek Hayes. He's a restaurant owner, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. He owns Big Dave's Cheesesteaks in Atlanta and Dinky's, which is a restaurant he launched with his partner, Aisha Pinky Cole, who started Slutty Vegan. This week, we're going to be talking about finding your aspiration and entrepreneurship. Welcome to Positively Gam, Derek, and congratulations on your new baby girl.
3: Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you guys for having me. It's such a blessing.
1: Yeah, we're excited to talk to you because my husband is... He's an entrepreneur as well, so I was—I really wanted him to join us for this conversation. So but before we get started, I need to ask you about the Essence cover that you did with Pinky, because, you know, I was blessed to be able to do an Essence cover with my daughter and granddaughter, and I mean, it was a phenomenal experience, and I just felt, oh, wow, this is, it was an iconic moment for me. So how did it feel for you and Pinky?
3: It was surreal, to be honest, because you- you know, on the, if you make it to the cover of Essence, it's like legendary. So, absolutely, being, you know, entrepreneurs where it ain't a celebrity figure. You know, it's two people that really you know believe in the community, and you getting recognized through Essence through that. It was epic. So, it was yeah. like a sure. butterfly feeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're like, yeah, for you're sure. And then you doing it with you know your partner. And, you know, right. so it was real blessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. I'm sure. So I heard you're originally from Philly.
3: Yeah, West Philadelphia, born and raised.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what brought you to Atlanta and what inspired you to start Big Dave's Cheese Steaks?
3: So back in 1996, my grandparents moved back south to Athens, Georgia, so I used to come back and forth, you know, for the summertime. And then in 2001, you know, I started getting in a little trouble going to Overbrook High School. And my mom, my dad was like, you're going to Athens. so Will got sent to, you know, to, uh, <laughs> to Bel Air. <laughs> I got sent to Athens, Georgia. That's so I- funny. You went to Overbrook. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I graduated from Overbrook in 2005. So I'm an wow. alumni from Overbrook High School. But, um... My dad was my biggest inspiration of my, my company because before he passed away from lung cancer, you know, when he was on his oh, deathbed, man. I promised him that I would get out the streets and change my life and do what I need to do to, you know, represent our family the right, right way and break our generational curses. And mm-hmm. I'm doing just that, you know, with my brand, And it's actually helped me mature along the way. So, you know, me taking my Philly flavor, pitting it down into Atlanta, Georgia, being able to show people that I got the real cheese steak outside the tri-state and it's never been done. <laughs> I'm making history. So... It's a good feeling.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Sure, so absolutely. What's the meaning behind the name though?
3: Yeah, so the meaning is my father. My father was big Dave.
1: Oh, um, okay. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, I, I felt if I, you know, I honored after him. It's like my yep. father's name still lives on forever. And now I did just that. So now he dead and gone. His name's still carrying on through his his, his boy legacy. So Derek, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Hey man, you know, coming from Philly, you're always an entrepreneur. Now, you know, I tell people I didn't know. I just was a hustler. So I knew I wanted better for myself. You know, I used to sit around on the neighborhood blocks. I played basketball, but I always just wanted to be somebody. I knew I was a vessel. I knew God brought me in this world to carry on my beliefs and my wants in my life to show that you could do it, too. And that's why I've really been my whole life. I've been a big dreamer. I always told people. Oh man, I'ma be this, I'm gonna be that, you know, and I worked and talked myself into that. I think the power of tongue is very important because if you speak it, you're gonna live it. And if you live it, you can seek it. So you're gonna keep on moving in your mission. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and my path was similar to yours. Can
6: you share your experience with starting your business?
3: Oh man, it was a roller coaster ride. So to be honest, when I came back to Atlanta in 2014 after my, my father passed away, I just really ain't know what I wanted to do. I was trying to get in the real estate game. And then, you know, I started losing money not knowing what I was doing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to open up a restaurant. But before I did that, it was called Dave's Philly Water Ice. I used to sell water ice. Nobody in Atlanta knew what it was, so I couldn't get nobody to walk through the door. And I never got discouraged, but I started to, you know, feel like a lonely person on that island. You know, I'm this Philly guy. I thought I was going to come here and start making a bunch of money, and I couldn't get nobody to walk through the door. And one day, my blessing was Eve walking through that front door, you know, the rapper Eve. She said, if you wow me and this cheesesteak is good, I'm going to put it on all my social media networks. And she and let me tell you, I made that chicken cheesesteak like my life depended on it because I was. (laughs) I know you did. (laughs) So So you were already doing cheesesteaks, though. No, I I literally jumped into this like I grew up in the kitchen with my grandfather. So my grandfather is the biggest part of my cooking experience, because when I moved to Athens, he said, listen, if you don't go to church with me on Sundays, you got to finish off my Sunday dinners. So he taught me how to make spices. I know I how to make any dish. And me coming from Philly, you know, I ate a cheesesteak in Atlanta and I said, oh, this ain't real. I knew my lane I was going to jump in. So my blessing was I know how to make seasoning. Like I know how food is going to taste before it, it actually get cooked into the food. I know it when it hit your raw tongue and that's my gift. And that's how I really was able to, you know, make my brand grow. But in 2018, I was represented in Georgia to represent for the sandwich competition well, I ranked top 10 in the world on a barbecue grill where I was disadvantaged wow. and everything and I still did that. So I feel like in life, you take the obstacles with, you know, that's given to you and you give it your all, oh, you know, and you give it everything and you won't feel like, you know, you fell short. And that's what I did.
1: You know, I, what, what I really like, too, is that, you know, you said you started with the water ice and, and yeah. it didn't work. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, that's part of entrepreneurship. Sometimes you're not successful in everything that you know, you do. I really like that because sometimes you start a business and you're not always going to be successful. But it's important that people know that you don't have to give up. You just kind of, OK, this is not working. Let me figure out what else we're going to do or what else I can do. And I think that Rodney, he, you can speak on that as well, Rodney, because, you know, in your entrepreneurial journey, You've had a couple of businesses that you've had that didn't always pan out the way you thought, but you right. kept going.
6: Many I've had I've reinvented myself so many times I'm not even sure who I am
3: anymore. But
1: <laughs> that's, that's not
3: true. <laughs> you no, know, you're still going forward. You know I tell people Absolutely. just finish your race, no matter what that race is. Just keep on moving your feet, and you're gonna get to the end of that race, no matter how. Yeah. You do. So I,
6: I started various businesses like you, and they didn't work out. But I just, you know, kept, you know, I persevered and I finally found my niche. You know, I've been doing well for the last probably 20-something years.
3: Yeah. Um, you found your niche. <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah. So tell people what you do, babe. So... I own several mental health agencies. I also am opening up a a psychiatric rehabilitation program with my youngest daughter to help her on that entrepreneurial journey and, and create that generational wealth for my kids as well. So Positive Pathways is a mental health agency that provides residential housing for people with developmental disabilities or intellectual impairment. We also provide job placement, support staffing. We do wraparound services. So we have psychiatrists, therapy, nursing, medical, pretty much anything a person needs to thrive in life. Yeah. Then we provide that for them.
1: Yeah. Um,
6: But most of the individuals that we have at Positive Pathways are you know pretty high functioning people they can navigate in the community they can speak to their needs and wants so we're not trying to run anyone's life so I'm kind of a voice for the voiceless cuz this is kind of a population that people don't think much of it does I also am opening up a, a psychiatric rehabilitation program with my youngest daughter to help her on that entrepreneurial journey and and create that generational wealth for my kids as well so that's amazing um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, And that's what I hear that you're trying to do as well, Derek. And I really love that about, you know, this journey that you both have been on, because I I, I really feel like kind of back in the day when we were growing up, like my mother pushed us to all go to college. And then it was kind of like get a good job, go to college and get a good job or start a career but not necessarily your own business. That That's a whole different mindset. And I think it's really important when you're talking about generational wealth. Because I became a nurse. I loved my career. But that was not a career that was going to provide generational wealth for my family. So, you know, that's not always the path for everyone, but I really love that that you both of you have kind of focused on that and that has
3: been your goal yeah because what what i try to teach people is it's okay to you know no matter how old you are the mistakes you made as long as you still got breath in your body still do something and i watch my parents my, my grandfather they always blue collar workers mm-hmm. and when they left there you know we didn't have much left behind so i'm trying to change that trajectory and just say okay well I'm now using my mental, my brain more so and building, you know, our generational wealth that way so that when I'm dead and gone, I leave resources. See, that's the main thing that we yeah. forget. Everybody think about just the money aspect, but the resources is bigger than the money because that's relationship building. That's saying, OK, I'm leaving something behind so you can have this resource to be able to get to the next level. So what I'm trying to do for my family, I'm starting a, a program. If you hold a 3.2, 3.5 GPA we will provide a scholarship for you to go to college once you graduate high school so that you won't have to take out financial uh, aid or government loans. Nice. How can I jump above the gun when I'm already a couple hundred thousand in debt, you know, when I'm getting a job that makes $1,000 a year? Come on, that's not... It's not really going to put me in a situation where I could be a boss and break generational curses. So I'm going to provide the resources first so that we can break our generational curses that way so that now you can stand on your own ten toes and don't say... Okay, I need this person to give me anything. No, they gave me a resource and that's more important.
1: Wow, that is a really good point. I love that. And that's another way for you to expand or, or market your business as well. Now, I know, you know, you said Eve came into the restaurant and promoted it on social media. But what other things did you do to grow the brand and have it become more popular?
3: To be honest, I, I just was, like, very consistent. At the time, uh, a lot of uh, the Philly rappers and producers as of, like, a DJ Drama, Don Cannon, like Meek Mill, Uzi, all of them was in the middle of, you know, building themselves. So I was able to, you know, come to the studios and be around that culture and sell them food, like, egg Okay. And- yeah, so I was able to start, you know, with the brand, start, you know, getting out there and getting popular. But I think more so, you know, it was the relationship building that I was making in my hard work. I think anybody that was following my story, seeing my tenacity and my hunger, how bad I wanted this dream to really work. And, you know, me having 40 sun tattoos on my body, being a black man, I look just like them. So I was able to represent our culture in, a, in another way in business and didn't have to be an athlete. Or, you know, anything of that nature, but it wound right. up making me philanthropist do it. So I didn't know I was going to be doing this work. God oh, wow. already got the story written for me.
6: There <laughs>
1: Absolutely. you go. Absolutely. There
6: you go. So when did you know it was the right time to expand your business?
3: <laughs> the, the people made me do it. <laughs> right, honest, right.
6: My first- Yeah, my I, first. I already know the answers to these questions, but I, you
3: know. <laughs> no, like I started in this Shell gas station, 700 and something square feet, and- I started having two, 300 people in line and the gas station owner like, started pitting wow. these signs on a pump saying, don't park. And I started having trouble with Walmart, AutoZone, everybody parking in the lots. So, you know, I just, you know, I said, you know what, it's time to go. So I went and built my my landmark location. That's 57 Forsyth Street. That's right across the street from Georgia State, downtown Atlanta. And when I built that, I built the monster. And from there, it's been up. And, you know, I'm nationally known off of my hard work and my philanthropy work mm-hmm. and how I care about people. So... It's a blessing to me. And let me tell y'all something. I literally I had nobody that I wanted to you know really meet that bad. That was my idol. And I got booked to do a job for Will at the, uh, the new movie premiere. And that was the, one of the things that I was waiting because we was on the front of the cover at Essence. We both from West Philly. We both graduated from Overbrook. So for me, that was real huge for me. You know, that was really like something that I wanted to happen. And it did. So dreams do come true absolutely no i just did the the new one the the new uh movie he just came out with king richard no not king richard it was will the the, i forget the new one that he just came out with it's somebody that he
1: just got through working on
3: no somebody playing him it was a a, uh um fresh prince gemini Uh, man
1: oh oh bel-air bel-air got it got it got it
3: yeah so i did bel-air i was there you know I was supposed to just come, you know, as an act, and they started making the cheese sticks. I'm like, no, I will eat this cheese. Stick. I got to jump in. This thing got to be right. <laughs> i like a outfit cooking cheese sticks. I'm like, I don't care. Listen, about my team, I don't play.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, that's oh, amazing. That's, nice. that's
1: amazing. Wow. Uh, I'm
0: Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
1: My best hopes... So now, what has been the most gratifying thing about becoming a restaurant owner, and what is the most challenging aspect of it?
3: I'm gonna start with the the challenging, then I'm gonna give you the glory of it. The challenging is making people understand who you are and what you're building. So when you hire them, they really say that, okay, I'm mm-hmm. not working at a job; I'm actually getting a career. And a good part about that is the glamorous part of it is I actually am able to do that because. Some of these guys been with me five years, four years, and I've seen their maturity levels go up. I've seen them, you know, whether they knew they couldn't be corporate, they on my corporate team now. So big changing lives. So when I open up a Big Dave's in these lower income communities, I'm hiring at least 60 people a location. So I'm taking 60 humans and saying, okay, I'm going to give you a job now. I'm going to give you a career. And a lot of these people, you know, only just had high school education just like me. And now they doing just as well as somebody that you know got a bachelor's degree, you know. So,
1: right,
3: you know, I provide life insurance, four hundred and one k plans, medical benefits, dental, everything with my brands. So nice. When you work in there, you know, you actually have a career and you can take care of your family. But the biggest beautiful thing, thing that, but the biggest thing of it all is keeping um, employees, you know, keeping people understanding your mission and your dream because when you start scaling you know, the culture has to stay the same. And that's what really people understand. Like having food is one thing, but the culture and why people really believe in your brand, you selling the culture, you selling who you are. So that got to stay in the company. And, you know, that's been, you know, a challenge that I, you know, I was fighting and now that I finally got that point on how to do it. So I feel real good about where I'm going with my brand.
1: So it sounds like that your efforts to give back and uplift the community are really important to that brand. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that's what I'm hearing.
3: Yeah, like, without that, I honestly, I'll tell anybody, you know, I got good food, but without that, I wouldn't be as big as I am now because in a pandemic, when everybody, you know, didn't pivot, didn't know what to do. That week, I gave out 1,000 meals to the community. They was pulling up in their cars, just taking it like a drive through I had my employees with, like, heater bags. They was passing the food out. And then I fed 40 hospitals, 200 meals plus that whole month, gave out $26,000 so the businesses around me can get Reback open. So I think... You know, just the parts of the stuff. You know, through us giving back and letting people know who we really are. Like right now, me and Pinky, we're doing a life insurance initiative. Where if you make thirty five thousand dollars or less than income, you can get a fifty thousand dollars life insurance. And Prudential has partnered with us nationally, so we got this campaign going, and we're just trying to get other people to jump in and understand the mission. Because a lot of people don't know uh, life insurance is just not a life and a death thing. It's financial literacy. So. If you got life insurance and your policy grow, you can actually share it with your loved ones. So we're teaching these young brothers that, you know, don't wait till it's too late to something happen. Have yourself insured now because it's a sad situation that if something happened when you got, you know, your mother, she got four or five kids and something happened to one of her children. That's a financial burden on her, you know, out here in these streets if she don't have a coverage because she got to figure out how to do it. And I'm tired of saying GoFundMe's. And fish. Yeah, I, I
1: thought that was a really interesting uh, campaign because that was something that that I would never really think about. And when I first read about it, I was like, OK, life insurance, that's kind of like to pay for funerals. But I yeah. didn't think about the perspective of, you know, helping or or providing for generational wealth in that you're leaving money for the, those that are left behind. I didn't think about that aspect of it.
3: Yeah, because we have multiple programs on it, like when you, Man, you don't know. I was about to jump out of my seat when you were sitting there telling me what you do, you know, because right now we got health and wellness programs, PTSD. I have PTSD. I come from West Philly. I didn't see so much stuff in my life growing up, you know. It's just human nature. But all of this stuff stops you before it's too late. So we're trying to have these programs teaching these brothers. You know, it's OK if your mentor ain't there. It's OK to ask people for help. It's OK the, you know, lend your hand and say, You know, I know the right way, or I really need this. I'm really trying to get people to understand it's okay to ask for help because right. nobody got it all. Ain't none of us on right. this side. got it all. We all need somebody.
6: So, you and Pinky also opened Denkies together, yep. a vegan cheesesteak place. What inspired this endeavor and did the two of you always want to work together?
3: No, actually, how me and Pinky met was a funny story. We both had popular brands in Atlanta and I used to be in the studio and they used to be like, man, this girl, she got lines like you. If not more, I said, nobody got lines like me. And then I actually just painted. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what's she selling? <laughs> honestly, uh, the, 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 you know, I tell people George Floyd, a situation, you know, sad situation. But it was a vessel to so many other things in the world because. When my windows got broke out in the riots, Pinky reached out to me um, and asked me if I need help. And I was like, nah, I don't need no help. But she was like, well, let's link up. So we linked up and we really just jumped right into trying to help the community. And I was like, man, I met me. I don't care if you know a person five minutes. You know their soul, you know their heart. If you know if you've seen me, yeah. right? I felt like I was looking at my own self in the shadow. It was scary. Like everything, my wants, my dreams, my beliefs, everything community. Wow. So I don't really have a relationship. I got a partnership. I tell people like my relationship with her is deeper than just us being, you know, boyfriend girlfriend. Like we really got something special, and we really want to take over the world together. So we don't. Oh know, man,
1: that. that is a beautiful Amazing. thing. I'm just grinning from ear to ear <sighs> and listening to that, especially because you know, you're selling meat and Pinky is vegan. Like, it's just an amazing, it just sounds like it's a great journey. I just, and I want the listeners to know that we actually wanted to have both of you on, but, you know, Pinky just, you know, just had a a beautiful baby girl, so it wasn't the right time for her, but maybe we'll have you guys back at a later time, but that partnership just really just sounds really strong, and it just sounds like a blessing, but I gotta, babe, who do you think, who do you think has the the last I, word <laughs> in decision making. I, I think they
6: collaborate. You yeah, think we, they
1: collaborate? Yeah, <laughs> I
6: think they. I think it's a 50 50. Yeah, we I think he might have 51% in that though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what it's more like is like, she, all right, so I know where my strong points is and I know what her strong points is. So, we use each other and we're able to collab and make it right. But our biggest thing was never, you know, because you made the comment, because everybody, you know, say, you know, I'm not vegan and she is. But what's more important than human life when you out here attacking? And that's what we you know we on. We want to oh, save to Oh, absolutely. Life. So, and then on top of that, I was able to, you know, be with somebody that was eating healthier. So I started looking at options that was better for me. So, you know, it was a blessing all the way around. So I'm happy right now. You know, I got three beautiful girls. I got one boy on the way, my first boy. And I can't wait to see him because I ain't think I can make boys. So <laughs> he's a, he's a big blessing for me. <laughs>
6: yeah, I'm a girl maker too, Derek. So, <laughs> Thank you, man, we gotta build no queens for sure. So, do you have any advice for people wanting to open up their own restaurants or who want to be entrepreneurs?
3: Don't open no restaurant. It's like no, no. But um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the competition. You don't want to eat.
3: I'm going to really give it to y'all like straight. So in, in normal businesses, you might have maybe 25%, 30% profit margins. You have 15% in a restaurant not to make any mistakes on your bottom line to make money. Yeah, so it's a real tedious business. But not only that, you're dealing with so many different people and day, so many personalities. If I didn't love what I do and love people and love the energy I get for myself out of it, I wouldn't do it. So I think if you're going to get in the restaurant business, don't get in it just for money. Yeah, it's a lot of money in the restaurant business. I'm not saying that because you can scale your brand and you could make millions of dollars and that's that's evident. But the part where you really um, enjoy doing it and coming home at night, you lay your head on the pillow and wake up in the morning and say, I'm happy, you got to really love what you do. And that's in any business in the world, no exactly. matter what, because anybody start making money, you're going to get used to the money. Once the you get used to it, all of us human, you, you get a bigger bag, get the bigger bag, get used to that bag. But, And your dream and what you're doing, you got to really want to do that because you can't just do it for the money. So I would tell anybody that passion, that restaurant space is your passion, jump in it. If you want to be a serial entrepreneur, jump in it. But you have to dedicate your time and your dignity to your beliefs of what you want with your life or it won't happen no matter what. I
1: have to agree with that. And Rodney, I, I think that you can really speak to that because... Your business is something I I would never, I just would never engage in it. Speak on that, babe. And I I know how passionate you are about what you do. And that is so important, particularly in your business. And I think there are a lot of people who do what you do that are in it for the money. And you can't be. You have to put your clients first. So So talk a little bit about that, babe. I'm
6: 27 years in and I still wake up every day feeling like I'm going to make a difference in somebody's life. Wow. That's the energy and the commitment that I have to this. And, you know, I mean, the bag is going to be there, but you got to have that type of love and passion for it in order for it to be happy with it. Yeah. So.
3: I remember going, my my first three years, I didn't make no money. You know what I'm saying? I just stuck with it. I had, I got down to basically nothing and just was figuring out how to pay my bills but the thing is if i never went through all of those roller coaster rides i wouldn't been ready right. for the success i have right now so any entrepreneur we you know we show our wins you know what i'm saying we show our wins on the gram or social media but man our day to day you know we need to show more of that and that's what i try to do to people like i show them like yeah i make a bunch of money i have a lot of success but it also can be taken away from me if I do the wrong things and don't con- you know, continue to move forward. Because in a business you're trying to scale, you got to give a thousand percent every day. Yeah. And that's the hit. If, I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it.
6: Right.
1: But I think also for you, too, babe, you know, it's like what you do is you, you're providing a service. And I think people don't recognize how challenging it can be when you're dealing with the intellectually impaired your work is really a service to the community and it certainly is not just about making money. And that's important for people to understand.
6: Right. Well, I mean, my goal was to give back to the community. That's, you know, I wanted to be in the helping profession. So that was part of it initially. I didn't, you know, I could do a lot of things and make money. Right. But it was about giving back and being, you know, you wanted to be an
3: impact. impact. So that's why I tell people like, there's a lot of people out here that has, you know, money and doing well, but what impact are you making a difference with, with? You when you got the ball in your hands? Like, who are you impacting to do better and bring them up? Because at the end of the day, once you got everything you need and everything you want, you can't just sit on it and don't share the information. If you ain't going to get nobody no money, at least give them the information. Give them the game. And if right. they don't want it receive it, then you leave that on them, but... I don't want people around me just to depend on me. I want builders. I want people to be creators. Right. Absolutely. I want to be able to say, I want to be around people smarter than me. I can learn off of you. You can learn off of me. So I think that's what moving forward in this generation, we need to push more of instead of people just wanting to be this one thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to push that the best way I can. Absolutely.
1: What other goals do you have or are you hoping to achieve in the future, Derek?
3: so for one i'm gonna keep on you know me and pinky gonna keep on going on with the life insurance initiative i'm about to open my third location this summer in jonesboro georgia then i'm leaving the state so i don't oversaturate the market because i got a lot of traffic and a in the market my seasonings i'm gonna write a book documentary i'm i i got to have a whole lot of list of things
1: Woo-wee.
3: that i want to hit them with but we're gonna take it one time at a time so that it could be you no, know, like I said, everything I do is a thousand percent. I want it to be the right way, not rush just to be in the media. I want to give people, you know, the real patient DAs the right way so you can understand this young brother really got it out the mud and came from nothing. I really escaped a lot of things to get here, and I'm blessed from that. And that's my mission, you know, that I'm on. And by the end of it all, my ending dream is for people to really know me around the world, see my restaurant everywhere, and I'll be a, a real impact to all the communities. That's all I really care about, you know. I feel like, you know, God already going to bless me with the money aspect of it. That's something I don't worry about. I'm more so worried about people really believing in my change making that I'm trying to do for, for them. That's all. Well, all right.
1: Rodney and I want to know if you're bringing a, a Big Dave's cheesesteak to Baltimore.
3: <laughs> hey, you know what's so crazy? Oh, California. I'm coming to Baltimore. Cause, listen, I did a pop-up in Baltimore. Man, it was probably... 2,000 people through that day that came through there. I was like in East Baltimore. The lines were so long. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I can't okay. believe
3: it, but let me know what y'all want to do in L.A. <laughs> for sure,
6: for sure. Yeah, I went to school in Philly, so I, I'm familiar with the cheesesteak game in Philly. Yeah. But, but, uh, we, were in Baltimore.
3: we love in Baltimore. We love a good cheesesteak here, too. I got you. Just let me know what we could do, and I, I definitely want to uh, talk to you about your line of work, so we could partner up on you know some things you, you know in your field with uh, mental health.
0: Oh,
1: that's awesome! And let's let not leave Pinky out either, because we need Pinky to bring a slutty vegan to Baltimore and to LA.
3: She come in both places, Pinky by the pitam everywhere. She coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
3: My best hopes.
1: So now it's time for the segment. Wouldn't you like to know before you go, Derek? I have a couple of rapid fire questions I'd like you to answer. Firstly, what book are you currently reading?
3: So I actually I wouldn't say book. I like to I like to do research. So I'm studying Warren Buffett right now. And the reason. Oh, okay. I mean, the reason why I'm I'm studying Warren Buffett is because, you know, I can Mm -hmm. only speak of people of color because I'm a black man. But when we right. get our success, you know, we start getting money. We don't know how to stay leveraged. We got to live above and beyond. And one mm. is a multi-billionaire and he still lives in his, in his home, you know. So I'm just trying to teach myself, you know, good habits so that I can have it later on. So I think the only way you could do that is see other people, you know, before you and put a forefront and really did that. And that's what I'm doing. So I, I just like the research. I go on Google. I watch YouTube and just hear stories and how people really made their fortune. I agree,
6: Warren Buffett is, you know, he's one of the richest people in the world, and he's very stingy, for lack of a better word. He holds his money close to his chest, <laughs> but everybody, his kids didn't even know he had money. Like, they, you know, growing up, they didn't, they found out he was a billionaire, and they were like, what? We, we wasn't wearing hands I don't know if I could
3: be that stuff. aspect of it, but, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because from the, no, because from the aspect of just, like, the knowledge of just being able to have such a fortune and know how to control it, because, right. you know, we all are guilty of it. You know, when you're comfortable, you live more than you really have to, honestly. You know, there's some things in this world that we don't need that we have. But we we trick ourselves and say, well, we only live once. That's why way I can. And that's true, too. But I also, if you know that, it's like this. I just said this to a, a friend of mine. He, he said somebody asked him for $1,500. And I said, well, what was the cause? If the cause was worth the $1,500, that's probably better than your cause. born in the club, that's not going to hurt you one bit, you know, so... I look at it that way and, and a lot of people, you know, that do business with me as far as accountants and everything like that, they don't see eye out eye out me a lot of things because I am a giver. I'm not like a I'm not like a um a person that makes foolish decisions. But if I see somebody in time of need and, and really in tight situations, it's hard for me to walk away from that because I've been in situations at times where I couldn't feed myself.
1: So I love what I'm hearing that you're time to learn and study and figure out how to make your wealth work for you instead of spending it on, you know, frivolous luxury items. I love that.
3: Yeah,
6: absolutely.
1: What is one thing you want to get off your chest?
3: The one thing I want to get off my chest is for people to really understand that everybody not going to look like you. Some people going to be different. For me, I'm not your average CEO, but I know I stand for the community. I know I stand for the culture. I know what I represent. I know my heart. So give people their chance and don't wait till they dead and gone to give them their flowers. Like, I want people to really understand that. People got to stick together nowadays. What's a motto that you live by? My motto I live by, life is not a track meet. It's a marathon. You got to keep running your race until... You really finish until you know that your race is the race you ran and that's the mission and you happy about what you put out into the world. As long as you happy with that, you can live with that. So run your own race and you can find me at Instagram at Big Dave Cheesesteaks, Facebook at Big Dave Cheesesteaks. My location is 57 Forsyth Street, downtown Atlanta, Georgia. My second location is in Doraville, 6035 Peachtree Road. Come check me out. I'm building my third location right now in Jonesboro. I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. You know, the West Philadelphia kid is ready to go.
1: So here's my takeaway from this conversation. And it's just one. And it was really important to me. And that is that resources are oftentimes more important than money. Let me say that again. Resources are more important than money. So if you can provide the resources, it's a great way to help someone get to the next level. And that's our show this week for Positively GAM. Thank you, Derek and Rodney, for joining me. You can follow me online at Gammy Norris and Rodney at I am Rodney Norris. Also, help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and by hitting the follow button on iHeartRadio. Stay grateful, y'all. Positively GAM is produced by Red Table Talk Podcast and iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Adrian Banfield-Norris, Valen Jethro, and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Our audio engineer is Calvin Bailiff. And our associate producer is Irene Bischoffberger. Our theme song is produced by D-Beats.